When you look into Discover Student Loans, what you see might surprise you. We can help cover your college costs, don't charge you fees, and give you cash rewards for good grades. Ready to apply? Visit discoverstudentloans.com. Limitations apply. Here at Mountain Dew, we'd like to remind you, you got to know what's important and what's not important. Knowing how to tie a tie, not important. Keeping a diary, not important. Trying all the different bold flavors of Mountain Dew, important. Experience the boldest flavors on earth. Do the Dew. At Mountain Dew, we'd like to recognize the number zero for making Mountain Dew Zero Sugar possible. You have no reason not to try it, as in zero. Get it? Crack open an ice-cold Mountain Dew Zero Sugar. It's zero sugar, all do. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, Psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And good evening, one and all, and welcome to the X-Zone. I am Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Now, if you'd like to send me an email, it's very simple, X-Zone at xzoneradiotv.com. On all social media sites, X-Zone Radio TV. And if you'd like to find out about the programming we have available for you on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, it's www.xzbn.net. And we're coming to you tonight around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network, iHeart Radio Network, Simul Radio, Simul TV, and of course, our good friends at the Mutual Broadcast Network. Exonation, my guest this hour is Brandon Hodge. Brandon is a collector, author, historian, and prevailing authority on automatic writing planchettes and early spirit communication devices. Long fascinated by the, by the bizarre occult world of tipping tables, seances, spiritualism, and ghostly encounters, 
Brandon acquired his first authentic automatic writer, a box EIH scientific planchette, nearly two decades ago. He has uh, since traveled the globe documenting, collecting, and lecturing on the world's rarest seance artifacts. His research on spiritualism history has appeared in the pages of the Smithsonian Magazine and Collectors Weekly, and he is a regular columnist on spirit communication devices for Paranormal Review, the magazine of the Venerable Society of Psychical Research. His collection has been featured on numerous radio, television, and film programs, including the Midnight Arcades, Oddities, uh, Oddities and Mysteries at the Museum, and uh, Brandon is a board member of IAPSOP and caretaker of the world's finest collection of writing plochette and other seance-related devices, all featured on his popular website, mysteriousplanchette.com. Joining me now is Brandon Hodge, and Brandon, welcome to the X-Zone. Thank you so much for having me, Rob. It's a great pleasure having you here. Uh, can you just, for our, for our listeners who may be joining us for the first time tonight, what are talking boards? Talking boards are an alphabetic spelling device, the most uh, famous and common of which is the, is the Ouija board, essentially. Uh, so you've got a, a flat board uh, that is festooned with uh, the alphabet, letters, numbers, mm -hmm. and often some phrases or sayings, the most right. important of which would be yes or no. And you have a movable indicator, usually a, a planchette that one places their hands upon. And uh, depending on your mode of belief, either through the spirits or through the audiomotor response, the indicator will begin to move mysteriously, pointing out messages from the beyond. What is the history of the talking board? Well, it goes a, a long way back into, into our uh, sort of our modern American history with the advent of modern American spiritualism. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, this is going to kick off in the late 1840s. March 31st, 1848 is largely hailed as the date where Spiritualist believers believe that the veil of communication between the worlds of the living and the dead, dead was finally breached. Mm -hmm. And uh, through the, the young teenage Fox sisters established communication uh, with the spirits of the dead. And uh, in an age where this news did not remain localized in a way that it might have just a generation before the advent of the telegraph, other technologies, allow, and as well as the advent of the, the, the Associated Press, sure. allowed this news to spread, we would recognize it as, as going viral. And, uh, and so this, this incident where these young girls began to communicate with spirits mm -hmm. did not stay localized. It spread, and mediums, rapping mediums in particular, uh, we can talk about the particulars of that, sure. uh, essentially sprang up all over the country and all over the world seemingly overnight. Now, how did you get started in such a crazy field of research and collecting? <laughs> well, uh, I moved to Austin to pursue my degree in history mm -hmm. in, in 1996. And uh, I picked up an odd job at a gift shop in, in the mall. And uh, this gift shop, it was called Lone Star Illusions, had a magic counter. And I was the low guy on the totem pole of about you know, 15, 18 employees. And I got stuck on this magic counter that no one really wanted to work. And I decided to make the most of it to pass the time. I started actually learning the tricks that we, everybody was supposed to, but no one really did. I started sort of learning these cheap magic tricks. We sold card videos, you know, videos for, for card magic. Yeah. I brought these home. I learned them. And I started performing in the shop. This eventually grew into my fascination with bizarre magic, which is a storytelling form of magic that often focuses on macabre and occult themes. And from there, uh, that's really where my I sort of put that history degree I was working on to work for me and started doing research into early American spiritualism and spirit communication devices as talking points and and um, and content for a seance like haunted antiques show Ooh. that uh, that I performed in, in the and again, the late 90s, this wasn't. The, the conception of haunted antiques, as, as we kind of have now with the proliferation of the paranormal shows, was not the thing that it is that it is now, certainly. And uh, so it was it, it was different then. But but my research uh, into that started with uh, trying to, to build content for the show. Now, who were the Fox sisters that you talked about? The Fox sisters are typically seen as a trio. This is Kate and Maggie and their older sister, Leah Fox, or Leah Fox, mm -hmm. 
really the the beginning of spiritualism begins with the two youngest sisters. They are significantly younger than, than Leah Fox, who would later act as their manager. And when they are variously 11, 12, 13, 14 years old, um, their, their dates are often confusing, and I, I don't have it right in front of me, but you know, sure. we'll say uh, the, the youngest is about 11, mm-hmm. the older is 13 or 14. Um, they uh, begin experiencing what we would call poltergeist activity in their house, creaking floorboards, weird noises, raps and knocks on the various surfaces of, of their home. And after a few nights of this haunting-like activity, the youngest sister is said to have stood up and challenged the spirits somewhat. There's something of a, of a Mr. Splitfoot myth that gets tacked onto this later, but really she, she stands up and snaps her fingers a few times and says, spirits do as I do. And the noises in, in their home mm-hmm. respond with the same number of raps. And this is recognized as the first instance of what we would you, what we would call the most rudimentary of spirit communication, and that's spirit rapping, wherein you speak out into the ether, mm-hmm. and the spirits respond by rapping, you know, in a binary code right. on the tables, on the walls, on the floors, the ceilings, and through that, uh, you can ask yes or no questions. You know, rap once for yes, twice for no. Um, or you can engage in, in probably our, our quickest evolution into, uh, into what will become communication devices with alphabet calling. And that is you call out the alphabet and wait for the spirits to rap and indicate um, the letter or, or number that you've, you've called out. And in that way, you can spell out words and through those words, phrases and sentences. Wasn't the uh, the Ouija board invented as a way for people after the Great War to communicate with those on the other side? And and if so, why is it sold as a toy? The Ouija was invented quite a bit further in this in this timeline. We're mm-hmm. still in the 1848s here, and the Ouija is suffers its probably its greatest period of prosperity does follow the First World War and into the 1920s. And that certainly is probably going to be the peak of its, its popularity, one, one might think. Um, and certainly we believe probably driven by the death, not only of the Great War, but also the, the Spanish influenza, hmm. which uh, you know doesn't get recognized as often as the Great War, but certainly right. a massive loss of life uh, th- through those events. Mm-hmm. And so certainly uh, we think that drove its, its popularity in that decade, but but we we go several decades back for its actual actual invention and introduction to the market. Now, going back to the Fox sisters for a moment here, how do we know what they were doing was real and not a hoax? Well, it's funny you should ask that. The Fox sisters themselves, later in their lives, sort of fed up with with sort of being put on display, mm-hmm. being used by a spiritualist movement, which by that point was, had, had outgrown them and, and had you know, millions of adherents at, at that point in American history. Right. They felt maybe somewhat betrayed or used by the movement. And they had changed beliefs religiously and oh, even really? politically. And one of them does go on stage and admits it was all a fraud and that the whole time they had been cracking their knee joints and toe knuckles. Uh, she would later retract the statement under uh, other spurious circumstances. Uh, they were both alcoholics in, in their later years and did, uh, did not have the fame or celebrity they mm-hmm. had in their younger years, uh, nor the wealth. And so you see money changing hands for sort of both of these instances, which calls the whole thing into question. All right, Brandon, stand by. I've got to take my first break. Exonation. Brandon Hodge is our guest. His website is mysteriousplanchette.com. We'll be back after this brief break and words from our sponsors as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. I'm Rob McConnell. Don't go away.
It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by Shaman Worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com. Legend lives on from the Chippewa on down at the big lake they call Gitchagumi. The lake, it is said, never gives up her dead when the skies of November turn gloomy. With a load of iron ore, 26,000 tons more than the Edmund Fitzgerald weighed empty. Welcome back, everyone. This is the X-Zone. I am Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Now, if you'd like to send me an email, the same email address I've had for the past 30 years on this show is X-Zone at XZoneRadioTV.com. And don't forget, you can find out about all the great programming we have available for you on the X-Zone Broadcast Network 24-7-365 at www.xzbn.net. Brandon Hodge is our special guest this hour. His website is mysteriousplanchette.com. I'm sorry I had to uh, cut you off, uh, <laughs> Brandon, because these commercials are hard. We can't even play a couple of seconds beyond them. So, No worries. Please continue, sir. So with the Fox sisters, we have yeah. essentially an exposure, a self-exposure, and a retraction, which... Skeptics will point to the, 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 the exposure as being definitive proof that, you know, they were just cracking their toe knuckles all along, while uh, believers will point to the retraction, of course, and say, well, no, they were put up to that. They were paid for these statements. They were desperate. And so uh, that, that has been kind of the eternal struggle that, that we can still, you know, that has percolated down to the modern day. What is your opinion? Were they legitimate or were they pulling off a hoax? I've always said that I would love to see the Fox sister skeletons mm. because if they had a lifetime career based on cracking their toe knuckles and knee joints, most certainly their, their bones would reflect that. Right. Definitely. Uh, you know, what an artifact, right? The, the, the toe bone of sure. Fox. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's my belief that it was most likely fraudulent. I don't spend a lot of time worrying mm -hmm. about, you know, my, my own opinion on the matter. I, it, 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 typically, it's the, the history that fascinates me. Um, you also talk about table tipping. Now, how, is, what, how and what is table tipping? I've heard of cow tipping, goat tipping, <laughs> right? but table yeah. tipping. I'm from southeast Texas, and so have I. <laughs> um, so table tipping is probably the earliest form of popular mass spirit communication. In other words, it's the first sort of do-it-yourself DIY spirit communication. 
And that is with wrapping mediums. So the, in, in 1848, your only modes of spirit communication are a wrapping medium. Mm -hmm. So you will go, you will typically pay, the medium will speak to the spirits and you'll hear, hear strange noises in response. Right. Um, you can have a trance medium in the style of early founder Andrew Jackson Davis, where they channel the spirit and they, they speak it aloud. And you can you know, engage in, in alphabet calling. Um, but that relies on the services of another. You, you need someone sensitive to mm -hmm. literally act as the medium between worlds. And so it is discovered, and we're not sure when. We don't have a definitive account of, of when this exactly started, when this discovery was made. We do know that in the presence of the Fox sisters and other mediums, Furniture moved mysteriously, but typically it was a, a chair scoots across the floor, uh, something moves, the table shakes. But at some point in 1851, 1852, seance sitters, possibly because they were spending a lot of time in the dim light with their hands on the table waiting for the spirits to respond, mm -hmm. begin to experience strange and mysterious movements of the actual furniture. And rather than jarring out from under them or sliding across the floor, it begins to turn or, or jar under, under the influence of their hands in a way that no one recognizes their own muscular contribution to. And so it's discovered that much like we are aware of the mysterious movements of the, of the Ouija's planchette, right. that, uh, that the tables will move autonomously if, you, if the family places their hands on it and waits long enough, it will begin to move mysteriously. And in the same way you ask a wrapping medium questions, you can call out the alphabet and wait for the table to wrap a response. You can just enjoy its strange movements if, as it turns and twists underneath you. It's sort of uh, the same phenomenon uh, that listeners might have experienced playing light as a feather, stiff as a board. It doesn't feel like anyone's contributing to these movements, yet collectively all are subconsciously. And so this starts to happen in 1851, 52, and in 1853, it becomes a worldwide phenomenon. I've been able to trace the actual correspondence uh, in New York. We, we have a, a German immigrant in New York, writes his sister back home in Bremen, Germany, tells her about this, tells her how to do it, and tells her that she should throw a, a, a table tipping party. And she does and a journalist attends it, and it's the coolest thing he's ever seen. And again, we have our second viral spread of do-it-yourself mediumship in the form of table tippings, and it sweeps the continent. It is the parlor game of the year. We call it the Summer of mm -hmm. Talking Tables. All, all right, I, I can understand that it might seem intriguing, but how do you communicate with spirits using a tipping table or tipping the table? Well, again, in the, in the same way that you would ask a wrapping mediumship and wait for the responses from the spirits, mm -hmm. the table itself will move to indicate the, you know, the, 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 those answers. You can ask it to knock once for yes or twice for no, and it will tilt and bang out once or twice. You can have it uh, bang out to indicate which letter you've called out that it, it wants to, to respond with. You could ask at the time, and it might respond with nine raps, uh, signaling it's nine o'clock. So it, it's able to rap in the same way a rapping medium would, which would have been familiar to audiences of this time, but you no longer need the medium. You have your kitchen table. Hmm. How did the skeptics deal with that? <laughs> well... You you have a lot of preachers from the pulpit. There's actually a, a papal decree that comes down. The Bishop of Aviers, uh rails against table tipping. Uh, you you have a, a, a big kickback. It's a popular exercise where men of the cloth and otherwise are engaging in this, but you also have a lot of, of, of those from the pulpit railing against it as if it's real. Mm -hmm. You do have early scientists, William Crooks, Michael Faraday is, is an important one, Dr. Robert Hare here in America, that initially, for the most part, reject this and try to do some of the earlier studies, much of which was uh, first, first engaged in and, and made popular by Chevriol in, in France, uh, but what's essentially going to become the recognition of unconscious muscular contributions or the ideomotor response. 
And so you have your earliest inquiries into that sort of biological phenomenon ring up, and that's what the skeptics rely on. How do the believers explain the the workings of the tipping table as well as other other means of communications, including the planchettes? Well, the influence of the spirits. Uh, the belief may be that the spirit is influencing your body, mm-hmm. and that was often used as a counter-argument to the idea of the idiomotor response and unconscious muscular movement. They would say, well, okay, sure, maybe our muscles are collaboratively contributing to this movement, but it's the spirit within me that's doing that. Uh, and not, not a bad counter-argument as, as far as legal arguments go. And, um, but uh, otherwise, so they're, they're either influencing you directly or you are merely experiencing the spirit moving the device on its own. And so you see a lot of attempts to harness these table movements. And that's really where the earliest alphabetic spelling devices, as well as the Blanchette, you actually see them springing up as, as the earliest attempts in the early 1850s to harness those mysterious movements of the table. Okay, here we are in the year 2019, February 2019. Mm-hmm. People are still talking about table tipping and using the, the Ouija board and other talking boards. Why? It's just so darn convincing. Even, uh, and again, I, I don't spend too much time worrying about my own skepticism, but uh, nor do I lend any, any other time engaging in, in my own potential beliefs. Mm-hmm. Even so, uh, I have experienced, you know, I have sat down at a talking board, not often, but I have sat down on a talking board with trusted confidants right and uh, where we all know that no one's cheating and uh, and we place our hands on it and a few minutes with the lightest of touches that thing sure does dart around and race around and spell out convincing coherent communications and uh, and I understand my skeptical side certainly does understand mm-hmm. the nature of filling in the blanks Uh, Our minds are collaboratively filling in the blanks. If we ask a date, of course, the first number our brains are going to go to is going to be a one. And then that's going to probably be followed by seven, eight or nine, because we're not talking to, you know, someone from the 13th century here. Um, But we could be. And uh, and and so your brain does, uh, you know, have the capacity to fill in those blanks and and work in that. Even then. Brandon, it's we're going to have convincing. Brandon, we're going to have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Explanation, Brandon Hodgson. Oops, I'm sorry. No, <laughs> that's that's not the name. Brandon Hodge. I'm sorry. A good friend of mine is a Hodgson. That's why I get that mixed up. So no Brandon worries. Hodge is our special guest, and his website Explanation is www. You ready? Okay. www.mysteriousplanchette.com. We'll be back on the other side of the news. Don't go away. They're here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's author of a fascinating book, 
Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. And welcome back to the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Brandon Hodge is my special guest this hour. We're talking about planchettes. We're talking about table tipping. We're talking about the strange, the weird, the bizarre, the paranormal here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Now, if you'd like more information about Brandon, his website is mysteriousplanchette.com. And Brandon, thanks so much for joining us. It's a, This is a great conversation. It's, you know, a lot of people in today's society go after the weird, the macabre, the bizarre. I love the history. Absolutely. Yeah. I just eat it up. Every, every morning, I, I try to get at least an hour of research in and, and, and a couple hours at night. It just never ends for me. It's been going on for about a decade or so. <laughs> Hardcore. Now, let me ask you, when these people would get the spirits to communicate with them and do the table tipping or they move the planchettes, let's talk about the planchettes for a moment. Inviting someone, if, if in fact there is a far beyond or another side or, or whatever you want to call it, another dimension, another world, how do we know that these people are calling over friendly spirits? What happens if these are very bad spirits? <laughs> well, that is certainly a question that, that gets uh, asked and answered mm -hmm. a lot, and um, I love to point, again, as I do, toward the history, because that is certainly a, a modern phenomenon. I've, yeah. I've done a lot of the paranormal circuit as far as uh, speaking at conventions and everything, and I notice in that world, uh, the presence of a Ouija board can give an awful lot of heebie-jeebies to yeah. these folks. Uh, and, and, and in general, I have a toy shop here in Austin that, uh, where we sell talking boards, and I get to witness on a daily basis people, you know, sort of... Uh, quick stepping past them and 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 getting the the cold shivers whenever they they walk past. I uh, I like to go back to the very beginning and it and it does involve the planchettes. So and it takes up right where we left off in 1853 mm -hmm. with the talking tables because you have all these people that get rather bored with the concept of alphabet calling very quickly, and they want to expedite those communications. They want to speak more quickly instead of waiting for this heavy kitchen furniture right. to wrap out a response. 
And so we get our first, what we might recognize as the sort of proto-talking boards. Uh, Adolphus Wagner in Berlin creates this weird sort of crisscross arrangement indicator on an alphabet board. You have his competitor, uh, Daniel Hornug, creates a a device that you would attach to your table, and as it tips back and forth, the, this disc would rotate and point out letters or numbers. And in France, you have the planchette, which brings us to the answer to that question. The planchette is initially, um, they tie a pencil to a, to a kind of a small three-legged table and try to get the, t they, they're testing the table to see if they can write out communications instead of tapping them out. And... Uh, eventually, the messages they receive through alphabet calling and table tipping encourage them to fetch a small basket from the next room, mm -hmm. to turn it upside down, and to place a pencil you know, through the weave, and everyone places their hands on this basket in the same way they're putting their hands on the table, and it begins to write out communications. And for the listeners who aren't familiar with the automatic writing planchette, it will be a direct devolution of that device, which will be typically a eight-inch diameter or so heart-shaped board with two wheels and a pencil. And this is what the Ouija board's planchette will evolve out of, but rather than pointing to the alphabet, it will actually write out responses. It moves in the same mysterious manner, but it writes out responses. And one of the earliest published experimenters with the planchette in 1853, 1854, uh, his name is, uh, is uh, 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 Shahanet, Shahanet. And he comes forward and publishes these accounts. He's got a number of different planchettes he's experimenting with. And one day, his, his, his planchette kind of develops this case of Tourette's, right? It just starts cursing at him and saying these most vile and awful things. And uh, this is funny because he's become quite familiar with the spirit guide that he speaks through, speaks to through this planchette. And finally, he gets these sort of stilted communications, and in between the cursing and, and, the, and, the, and the cussing, he gets these calmer communications that are, you know, almost like radio static breaking through. And eventually, these these little breakthrough peaceful communications are his spirit guide telling him to switch planchettes. And so he grabs another one and his spirit guide, you know, so, sort of, sort of responds, Whoa, oh, thank goodness. Thank God you came over here to this, you know, this uh, untapped phone line. That's the devil is in the other planchette. And that's who's cussing and cursing at you. And you've got the varnish all wrong. You've got you've to re-varnish that planchette because there's something about it that's enabled uh, the devil to come through. And he's the one over there saying all these terrible, awful, no good things. But hey, this one's clean, so talk to me here for now until you get that other one re-varnished. And so very early on, you have those railing from the pulpit saying that you know, don't do this, you're talking mm -hmm. to spirits, and, and, you know, this is evil, this is bad, but in real practice among believers, you do have what we would call bad spirits do come through and give naughty communications and curse their users in, in that manner. And that's very early. That's 1853. That's only, you know, just a few years after uh, this belief springs up. And so it's an important incident, and not only in the history of the planchette, but it establishes a template that we still see in modern times on, on ghost adventures and, and ghost hunters. We still see that activity anytime the Ouija board is mentioned on these shows. Hmm. Um, I, I've heard a lot of stories about Ouija boards over the years doing this show. Talked to a lot of people who talk pro and con about it. But when it comes to the actual communication, how do we know or, you know, like... Let me play the devil's advocate for a lack of better words here. Anybody <laughs> no can intended. say anybody can say that they're communicating with the other side. There's no proof. They can't prove it. And yet people want to believe. What is behind the belief mechanism, in your opinion? Well, it's just so cool, isn't it? I think you it's know, stupid, like, like, personally. You know, isn't, isn't, isn't belief in that more fascinating than otherwise. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why a person would want to believe in something that is so unbelievable 
you know, I, I, I personally can't understand it. I think it's a waste of time. Yeah, um, understood. But, you know, I'm not everybody. And the, the, um, the facts prove that more so today than any other time in history, there is a great interest in the paranormal. Is there a correlation between, once again, in your opinion only, between the negativity and the amount of stress in the world as it relates to people looking beyond the veil for answers? Huh, that is an interesting question. Um, I don't know that those parameters have shifted mm. from the past to our modern age. I don't know that the world is any more stressful now than it was before. We're certainly yeah. as a society more comfortable than we were in the past. So we have less stress about, you know, food, you know, our basic necessities, food, hunger, shelter, and, and, and the like. But at the same time, that's not universal, of course, sure. but at the same time, you know, we have social media and the news and constant 24-hour yeah. cycles that probably undo any of those gains on a, on a mental level. So I don't know that, that we're special in that regard. Um, but universally, mm -hmm. um, I think it does speak a lot to the human condition to want to lean on a higher power, something outside ourselves, to give us reliance uh, and, and not to, 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 to go too deep down the uh, time as a flat circle uh, of, uh, of, of Russ Cole, but we all want to know, one, that someone's looking out for us mm -hmm. and that we're special and that we're the exception. And as, as he says on True Detective, me, 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 it's me, it's me. We all want to feel that way, yeah. don't we? Want, we want that love and that acceptance. And I think that's an important driving force behind any religious belief. So is, is it fair to say then that the, the paranormal is replacing organized and established religious philosophies? Well, absolutely. I would say, you know, to, to, to use another term, mm -hmm. if, we, if we sidestep paranormal... Yeah. And just say spiritualism. Spiritualism was, and, and it's, it's hard to impress this on a modern audience, but it had millions of adherents. And you could be Methodist, you could be Catholic, you could be Baptist, and you could still go to church every Sunday and tithe, but you could go to a seance on Monday night or Wednesday night, and it might be expected, and it was certainly mostly accepted. And so... It was a, a religious belief that could overlap your more established religions and, again, had millions of adherents, popular adherents, major scientists adhered to, to these beliefs. And it was pervasive. And, and uh, a lot of the preservation work I do through the International Association for the Preservation of Spiritualists and occult periodicals, is a little bit of a mouthful, I know, um, we see that in the both the religious and the secular press, just how pervasive spiritualism was. Uh, and, All right, and, Brandon, and we've got to take our final break. Please stand by. Explanation, Brandon Hodge is our special guest. MysteriousPlanchette.com. We'll both be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon. I'm Rob McConnell. Don't go away. But don't you be afraid no more. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzulli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. 
So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens, and they kept repeating to me over and over again, Simultv.com, Simultv.com. What's Simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a Simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, Sonny Boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, Sonny Boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. If I could turn back time, if I could find a Welcome back, everyone. Brandon Hodge is my guest this hour. His website is mysteriousplanchette.com. First of all, Brandon, I want to thank you ever so much for joining us tonight. It's been a great time talking to you, and as you and I discussed uh, during the, the final break, we'll have to have you back on to talk more about this fascinating and very interesting historical topic. Anytime, I'd love to. All right. Um, here we are in the, like I said, year 2019. It seems that the paranormal is becoming commercialized. Does this give it credibility or does this take away from the credibility that so many people are trying to put into the paranormal? And when I'm talking about paranormal, I'm talking about communication with the other side and, of course, the Ouija board and uh, other methods of communication. Commercial, I, you know, certainly uh, it's, I mean, that's something I've, I've witnessed on, on one level or another when we see mm-hmm. these these different ghost shows and everything. But what I like to see is internal consistency. And I, I think I can give credit to the paranormal community for at least establishing their own set of rules. It's one thing I say a lot about occult belief, whether it be palmistry or astrology. Um, I'm willing to lend it, if not legitimacy, at least respect, as mm-hmm. long as they have internal and consistent rules. And I think our modern paranormal community, while they don't have the same rules as, say, the early researchers in the, in the Society for Psychical Research or the, the original Ghost Club or, or any of the incarnations of psychical research that took place in the past or, and, and indeed uh, continues into the present day, I think at least they can be granted uh, my respect in that, uh, and these are friends of mine, of course, but of course. the respect that they've remained at least internally consistent in their beliefs and their procedures. And so um, whether it's all bunk and bogus, well, that's that's another question, but at least they seem to be mm-hmm. all following a system uh, of sorts. And I think that's important. Have you yourself attended seances? And if so, could you tell us a, a couple of the most uh, amazing or the most fascinating experiences that you yourself have witnessed and been part of? I have had personally, I had an unusual encounter where an ex-girlfriend of mine, uh, we were living together in Mm -hmm. my condo, and this would be obviously more of a haunting, but I remember I came home from, I'd been away for the weekend, and I came home on a Sunday evening, every light in the house was on, the windows were open, and, um, and and she and her son were gone. And I later found out that she had just gotten out of the shower. Her son was already in bed, and she felt something tugging on her robe. She mm-hmm. thought it was the cat. And when she turned around, the cat was sleeping on the bed on the other side of the room. And it happened again from behind her again. While And, and she became so convinced and freaked out that she grabbed her son, and they left. Wow. I mean, they, they left and went and got a hotel room. And, and I came home. 
this was before cell phones. I didn't have a cell phone for, for many years and, and had no way, there was no note. I mean, they cleared the F out, right? Wow. And, uh, and so that was very convincing, even though I didn't experience it personally. And also, I've had very convincing um, Ouija sessions. Again, I mentioned earlier with my, mm-hmm. my friend and collaborator at the Talking Board Historical Society, our chairman, Robert Murch, and I, in Gettysburg engaged in an hours-long Ouija session that got consistent, coherent results in the Tilly House there in Gettysburg that um, was certainly convincing. And the information we received might not have held up to historical scrutiny, but in the three or four hours where we experienced it, it certainly seemed legitimate. No one was fooling around. No Mm -hmm. one was joking around and pushing the planchette on their own. It was an amazing collective collaborative experience that really, even on its face to me as a skeptic, if it's idiomotor response, is still equally fascinating that we're essentially assembling a story unconsciously and cooperatively with one another out of, out of nothing, out of letters on a board and strange movements of a, of a small planchette. And that, to me, is no less fascinating than if the spirits themselves were speaking through it. With all the spirits that are out there, if we take the, the timeline of history and we appoint everyone who's passed to a spirit that is wandering out in the ether somewhere, how come they all speak English? How come they all <laughs> know how to spell in English? Uh, yeah, that that is certainly uh, certainly uh, uh, a, a topic brought up and and, mm-hmm. and, and attempted explanations uh, by spiritualists over the years. Uh, it's just you know What's, only the spirits know, right? Well, that's a that's a get get out of uh, jail free card. It, it certainly is. Uh, something about the Tower of Babel didn't extend all the way mm, up. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like the UFO community. Uh, you know, Many people say the government has a conspiracy. No, it's not the government that has a conspiracy. It's the UFO community that's keeping everything secret and claiming that there's a conspiracy because as long as there's a conspiracy in place, they don't have to provide any proof because the government comes and takes it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Funny things that way. It, in the communication with the spirits, do the spirits only talk about the past, or do they actually talk about events that have yet to happen? Uh, past, present, and future, as as the uh, as one line of mm-hmm. of talking board certainly promoted. Past, present, and future. You get all three. All right. Let's say I ask the the medium to communicate with my dearly departed grandmother. My grandmother passed away. Let's see. 40 years ago. Yeah. How would she know about events in the future? That, again, is a, is a tough explanation, right? Um, do, you, do you receive omnipotence uh, once your soul departs your body? Uh, that is certainly a question that skeptics and believers alike mm-hmm. have asked through the century or so. What does the scientific community say about talking boards and how they work? That it's idiomotor response with admittedly some begrudging respect to, to the fact that these devices mm-hmm. are able to tap into our subconscious wow. to the point where many psychologists use them to, uh, to, to tap into the subconscious in the way you would with hypnotism. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, that sounds like basic hip, uh, hypno, hypnosis yeah. 101. Yeah. Where do you see, where do you see, I, the, is there, is there a, a present day use for talking boards or are they basically a thing of the past and a novelty item today? I, th- I think uh, they, they certainly uh, are remain popular mm-hmm. uh, in the modern era. I think the movies have proliferated that. Uh, that uh, Certainly in the Talking Board Historical Society, we get lots of, of requests for help and knowledge, pointers on use, uh, even help from those believers who think that they have stumbled upon a dark entity and want us to unload, you know, want to unload their boards on us. Uh, this certainly happens. It's it's prolific, and uh, it remains popular, uh, for better or for worse. And um, and I think it will continue to endure. I think it has a place in modern society, either through believers or again, even in clinical use. Or how about in the museum? <laughs> certainly in the museum, as, as my home and the homes of my fellow collectors mm-hmm. might attest. You, you've mentioned the Talking Board Historical Society a few times. Can you tell us about the society? 
Yes, the TBHS, the Talking Board Historical Society. You can find us at tbhs.org. Mm-hmm. It's myself, and uh, we came together as a, as a group of, of collectors interested in discovering and promoting the true history of the Talking Board. It's one thing we didn't get deep into today. There's a lot of misconception about the history of the Talking Board, its place in history, where modern beliefs of demonic activity, actually the wellspring that those come from, where those beliefs evolve, um, as well as historical use, practice, and what we call Ouija-sticians. A lot of modern stuff overlaid and superimposed upon history when it didn't exist. And everything from the name of the Ouija board, even in modern blogs, we continue to see, oh, it's, it's the combination of you know the French and German words for right. yes, yes, we oui and ja. And it's just not true. We have definitive historical reports that the board named itself through the mediumship of Helen Peters, to whom we just erected a monument at her gravesite in Denver, Colorado. And that was that was the effort uh, of the Talking Board Historical Societies, myself, our members, and other directors, and uh, as well as contributions from our followers. And so it's important to us to continue to spread the proper history of the Talking Board and dispel the darkness and misconceptions that often surround it. And where is the Talking Board Historical Society located? Uh, we are located everywhere our director is. So uh, our chairman lives in Denver, Colorado. Uh, our secretary lives in Salem, Massachusetts. So there's, uh, no, so there's no set museum as such. There is, there is not now. Certainly we all have our private mm-hmm. home collections and museums, some of which we uh, allow some access of the public to. My own will be on display in the upcoming Weird Homes Tour here in Austin in April. So there'll be a day on April 20th where the public can actually come in and, and view my own home collection. But we do not have a, a, a central base as of yet. It is something We have a traveling exhibit that, that has been on display a few times and that will continue to, uh, to be on display at different events, including a, a big, uh, big paranormal con coming up in Michigan. Listen, so, Brandon, uh, we've got yeah. to say so long for tonight. The time has run up, but I want to thank you so much for joining us. It's been a great pleasure having you with us, and I look forward to the next time you and I meet back here in the X-Zone. Until then, Absolutely. take care of yourself and have a have a chatty time with your talking boards. Thank you so much. X-Zone Nation, our guest this hour has been Brandon Hodge. Now, if you'd like to get a hold of Brandon or find out more about Brandon, his website is mysteriousplanchette.com. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the X-Zone with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, Tuesdays at 9.30, 11, uh, I'm sorry, Thursdays at 11, the X-Zone TV show on Cable 14. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. 
Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Here at Mountain Dew, we'd like to remind you, you got to know what's important and what's not important. Knowing how to tie a tie, not important. Keeping a diary, not important. Trying all the different bold flavors of Mountain Dew, important. Experience the boldest flavors on earth. Do the Dew. To make a rich, smooth cold brew, Tim Horton steeps 100% Arabica beans for 16 hours. What could be richer than that? Well, uh... How about blending in swirls of sweet Irish cream? Rich enough? Ooh, I guess. Not quite, because Tim Hortons tops that cold brew with the cloud of sweet cold foam. Now, what could be richer than that? Nothing? Exactly. Irish cream cold brew with cold foam now at Tim Hortons. Or try cold foam on any of your Tim Hortons favorites. Modifications extra for a limited time at participating U.S. locations.